Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Forbes Factor, where I like to focus on health, wealth, and happiness, things that are very important to you. Uh, how has your week been? For me, did something I have not done in eight months. Can we guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got on an airplane. Okay, how crazy was that? Uh, I used to travel 200 days a year, live in lots of hotels, and one of the things that happened because of all the I don't even like to call it COVID, but all the craziness that's been happening is I had a chance to sit down and reflect, which is something I'm going to invite you guys to do, is to take those times, whether it's every day or at least a couple times a week, and just chill, turn off the news and go, wow, what is going on in my life? How am I feeling about this? How is it affecting everyone else in my life? Because I have, maybe like you, been on a freaking roller coaster. I mean, I can remember, and by the way, my roller coaster started before most of yours. Mine started on January 2nd when uh, the beautiful man in my life got hit on his motorcycle by a car and ended up in uh, surgery in an ICU, and it was just horrific. And he was also going for his biggest physical championship. So to see him go from the height of being physical to lying in a bed broken, and he's been in a wheelchair for six months, he's finally back um, in the gym uh, with a cane. And I will tell you, watching him and the elegance with which he's handled the most devastating moment of his life has really... Uh, affected me in ways I don't even probably realize. But so many of us take one, we take things for granted and we have to stop doing that. Now, you can't be in gratitude all the time, but can you be in it more often than not? Uh, I have a business, a couple of businesses, and we have customer service and I am very attentive to customer service. And the thing that I have noticed lately is people are mean. If things not there, if it's not perfect, they're like on and they're, they're angry about it. And I'm going to say, can we all just take a breath? and realize we're all going through all of this craziness together. And it's funny, I don't really necessarily notice it when I'm in my house, but when I go to the grocery store, I come home and I am physically upset. Uh, Whether it's the masks, whether it's people kind of walking away from each other, like there's something wrong with you and you realize, oh, it's COVID. And it's, it makes me very, very uncomfortable. I, I just come home and I have to like chill out and go, wow, the world is crazy. And I sit in my backyard with my things like this. Going, I'm going to meditate for a while and just go breathe. So getting on an airplane, um, first time since January, which now eight months ago. Wow. This whole year. <laughs> and uh, I think part of the craziness for me is that there's no consistency is that everybody seems to have the rules completely different and they're happy to yell at you about their version of the rules. So the first one on the airplane, obviously you have to have your mask on at all times, uh, which I now found a new mask. And maybe you guys want to reach out to me about this. I have a really cool mask, okay? It is this. You can see through it. You can actually, uh, it's got my lipstick on it. You don't wear it when you have lipstick on. Uh, But for those of you who are listening on radio, it is actually a, a sheer mesh mask but the crazy part about this is it has been impregnated, which is a crazy word, with nano silver technology that kills viruses and bacteria. 
Yeah. So whether you breathe in or breathe out, it actually kills what's going in and out. But you can see through it. It's lightweight. It fits around your ears. It is the most comfortable mask I've ever imagined. And I created a partnership with the guy. That's how much I love this mask. So if you want more information, reach out to me on social media. Uh, it is just launching. comes in black and white. And the fact that you can see through it, one, makes it less scary for kids. I don't know about you, but everyone's walking around like just with their eyes. What's wrong with us? And I could finally breathe. So, but here's the rules that are making me nuts. And maybe you guys want to chime in and have some thoughts because we are live on Facebook at the moment. There's people all around the world watching us. But this is what I don't understand. So my gym is open. Now in some states, gyms are not open. Okay, guys, get your act together because if you have a private gym, apparently we are killing small business companies everywhere. There's this huge lawsuit in New Jersey about a, a small gym that just wanted to open. Well, my gym is open down the street. Is COVID different in New Jersey than it is in Florida? Somebody help me understand this. So I walk into the gym and they're like, put your mask on. Okay, so I put my mask on at the counter as I'm signing in. And then I turn and look and there's people all over machines and no one's wearing a mask. And my question was, does COVID only live over here at the registration desk? And am I free to take it off while I'm working out? And the answer was yes. I'm like, then why am I wearing it on the way in? I'm sorry. I just want to know the answer. I just want to know why you guys made these rules. Uh, I see blue tape everywhere with arrows pointing. Well, it's really funny because there's arrows into my gym, but there's no arrows out of my gym. I know. I know I'm being silly. It's just what I'm thinking about right now. And that's part of, part of what Forbes factor is is uh, I get to vent a little bit, you get to ask questions, and then I get to bring on amazing guests. Um, hey, hey, oh, Jail Jeffrey, it's Motown. Hey, baby, I guys can see you. I love, I love this whole medium here. I think it's just phenomenal that I can reach out and connect with you guys. Every Sunday, I have been putting my money where my mouth is. For the first time ever, I have shown up every Sunday at five o'clock. It was one of the things I just never wanted to do. I'm kind of a free spirit, very spontaneous. I now teach classes like six nights a week and I've shown up for all of them. But on Sunday uh, at five o'clock, if you want to meet me in person, if you want to ask questions, learn how to pitch. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this today because I am apparently the queen of pitch and I deliciously hold that title. I've been pitching products for almost 35 years uh, and grossed a lot of money doing it. But more than just products, pitching is the fact that anything coming out of your brain to your mouth, you have 100% control over. And most of you are spending too much time talking, 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 and not communicating. You're not really saying anything. You're not providing life lessons. You're complaining most of the time, and it's not interesting to listen to. And then you go, ah, well, but I have a product. And then, of course, you get into that product mode where you are, the whole voice changes when it's time to pitch something. Well, it doesn't. Guys, let me tell you something. I don't like selling. I don't sell people anything. Now, I actually make money. How do I do that? Well, by doing my version of communicating. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm talking to you. Right now, I'm talking to you. And I know that whether you're in your car, at your desk, in your house, I can feel your energy. I can feel you going, wow, Forbes, you're right. It is a very trying time. And maybe I do need to breathe some more. So <sighs> the crazy thing, too, on the airplane, just to divert for a second, was, yes, the middle seats are empty. Now, I I'm sorry. Logically, you got to help me understand this. You're in a plane. We're all breathing the same air. Whether I'm sitting right next to you or not, how much difference does that make? Then I read somewhere the CDC may have made a mistake that six feet is not enough. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is the deal, do they just want us to stay home? Do they just not want us to communicate? Do not want us to be near each other? Do they want frightened of people? I, have, I own a television studio, and it's not against the law in our world to get together with a couple of people. 
Um, and again, I'm a huge futuristic movie fan. My advice to you is go rewatch some of the futuristic movies. You're going to be blown away because they all predicted what's going on. They all, and they've predicted things that are worse that haven't happened yet, whether it's AI, whether it's uh, being sick. In fact, I predicted this, okay? Go to YouTube, type in Forbes Riley, acting demo. I was on a television series called 24 on Fox. I think many of you just love it. Season three, you know what happens? There's an outbreak of a virus. And it's me, I'm the president, um, talking about how they've closed airports and people have a right to know. And I'm thinking, I just watched it the other day, thinking that was like eight years ago. Uh-oh, are we living the future? And then you watch The Matrix and you're like, ooh, wait a second, what is going on here? Or you watch AI with Tom Cruise or you watch Terminator. It doesn't matter which movie you pick. My advice, go watch Logan's Run. Now, that movie was a long, long time ago. And, and that movie, anybody over, what, 29, I think, gets killed. They don't want old people in their society. <laughs> that one freaked me out. But there's a lot of these movies. Or the TV series Handmaid's Tale. That one, now, okay, so Daniel just popped in zombies. I don't need to go to the zombie part. Zombies is a little wacko for me, okay? I don't know if dead people are coming back. But I do know a lot of what I have seen is actually happening now. Whether it's 1984, mind control, burning books, there's all kind of crazy things that are happening that they predicted 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And you want to get really freaked out? Watch the old Simpsons. The old Simpsons predicted that Trump was going to be president. They have predicted that Ivanka Trump is going to be president in 2028. They predicted that Tom Hanks would be involved with some virus. Um, I don't know. I, I never even watched the Simpsons that clearly to realize that they were predicting the future. So maybe they have found the time machine. I don't know. But all I know is that everything in society right now is kind of wigging me out. So on the plane, I'm going to finish this story before I introduce my first guest. Uh, I love this idea that, you know, when you exit a plane, there's that moment when the plane lands, the little, you know, you're all waiting, all grabbing your phones. Oh, what am I going to do next? And that little beep thing goes off where you can sit up and everybody like stands up and starts doing wacko things. You're like, we have the, the doors not even opening it off the plane. We're already jamming into each other. So, the, the flight attendant, when I first landed in Chicago, said, everyone just stay seated. We're going to leave a row at a time. Oh, my God. It was the most organized way to exit a plane I've ever imagined. I'm like, this works. This was like the first shift that I really enjoyed. Come back from, Tam from Chicago to Tampa, not happening at all. Everybody is jammed in and screw that, that six feet rule or that middle seater. I don't know what happened. But I only want consistency. Could somebody just say something and make it true for most of us? So anyway, so I'm back to, here's a nice see-through mask. I'm going to wear my mask on the radio show because I know that we, that's what we have. Okay, that's the other thing that's making me nuts. Have you guys watched television, sportscasting, The View, Dancing with the Stars? They are seated six feet apart from each other. But they're dancing together. So apparently these people have all been tested. That's why they're in their same room together. But we visually need to watch people six feet apart. On a, what are we doing here? What, what is the point of that? I see a newscaster in the middle of nowhere wearing a mask. Why? I just want to make sure that all of you guys continue to ask the question, why? Why are we doing this? I understand when you're with people. I understand being in a hospital. I understand all kinds of things. I got a call from HSN. I was working with a model in my house doing one of my fitness products. They called and said, Forbes, you cannot touch your model. I'm like, but she's in my house. She's breathed on me. I know she has. We're... No, 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 you must be six feet apart. Like, uh, why? Why? That's all I want you guys to not 
lose the question of answering because I think we're, we're entitled to answers uh, and we're not entitled to accept things just because somebody said so. The last thing I'm going to share with you is I, I'm a bit of a disruptor and I like it that way. I think disruptors are needed in our society. I want you all to be disruptors. I have a policy. Now, this is a crazy thing. When you make a website or you do anything, you have to create policies. So here's my policy. My policy is not to accept things just because they're written down. It's a good policy, right? Okay, so I'll share this one last story and then I'll introduce my guest. So I am, I'm on jury duty and I go into the, the, the parking lot and it says, I'm going to be there all day. It says, you cannot take your car out and not have to pay again. I'm like, well, but wait a second. I'm here because you want me to be here. I'm donating my time for public good. I don't want to pay another $15 to park my car when I already paid $15, just have an in and out. And I get in there and the woman says, well, it's, that's our policy. And I said, can I see that? I took that. I took my pen and I crossed it out. And I said, my policy is to cross out policies that don't work for me. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. You guys take that for however you want to take it. But just remember to ask why people need to have answers. They can't just blanketly make rules that you have to follow and say, just because. That doesn't work. That didn't even work when I was a kid, just because. All right. So I've got my first guest, Mr. Journey. Will you, uh, I'm going to bring you on my screen here. All right. So anybody have any other questions? Yeah. So everyone's out. I know. Here's the thing that I want you guys. I want you guys to get freaking fired up. Okay. So I'm looking Journey Principles, that is his now name, with Steven Scoggins. Mr. Steven, look at you in black leather in this cute environment. Welcome to my show, brother. How's it going? Oh, my gosh. Having a blast. Loving the, loving the monologue and the concepts. I think I'm vibing with you already. <laughs> well, and thank you, because if you're not, you just got to leave. I, now, I have a delete concept. You don't jive with me. I'm not. This is another thing. When did people get the right to yell and scream and hate on you if you don't believe <sighs> the same way they believe? Dude. Yeah, it's. It's nuts. It's Who gotten took nuts. Who debate class in school? Let's debate yeah, about nuts. it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it's gotten nuts. It really has. I, um, I do my best to stay out of all the, the drama of the world that kind of brings to life. But uh, I'll, I will be the first one to say I think things have gotten a little bit weird. Let's, let's put it that way. It's, it's, uh, it's a definitely interesting times. There's no doubt about that. So. Well, and I think it was the Chinese that said the worst curse you can wish on someone is may you live in interesting times. <laughs> that's awesome i hadn't heard that before yes. that's so cool well it is it's fascinating and i i kind of like it because it was all just too good before i in fact it was really great it was just going along things were great but i do remember at some point and i'm going to learn all about you i was going at a 200 miles an hour i was on planes yeah. all the time i was speaking and i'm i wanted it to slow down and i tell people who believe in the power of prayer y'all paid you all prayed for this who, raise your hand if you pray that you didn't have to go to work on Monday morning. You prayed for this. Raise your <laughs> hand if you're one who said, I just want more time with my children. Ha ha, this is your fault. You've got all the time with your children now. They're not going yeah. to school. They don't leave the house. So, all right. So, Stephen, I've got four minutes to break. Uh, I do love the whole vibe on your side as well. Tell everybody what, who you are. Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm someone who's actually trying to do my best to make an impact in the world in a positive environment and uh, Develop the Journey Principles Institute to help people break free and go from stuck to unstoppable in their area of their life. So it's kind of wait, go, wait, what, wait, wait, slow down. You talk even faster than I do. Going from what <laughs> to unstoppable? Stuck to unstoppable. Basically, not making any progress in your life to making consistent progress in your life. And I, I came by that knowledge from going from homelessness to now owning six companies. That's uh, it's in several states. So that's kind of my my heart. Dude, who goes from homelessness to owning anything? How did that transition <laughs> happen? What what got you homeless in the first place? 
Yeah, so I grew up in a very difficult environment overall. Spent a lot of time with um, you know dysfunctional parents. No, again, kind of managed to heal in their own journey, which is uh, early upbringing. Uh, raised largely by my single grandmother, which weren't there. Dad was chasing alcoholism. Mother was chasing physical and emotional and spiritual abuse, and you know she was a wreck. And then um, at the age of nine years old, my grandmother comes to me, my nanny, so I, what I used to call her comes to me at nine years old and says, I remember this like it was yesterday. I had a transformer in one hand and a GI Joe in another. And she said, she said, uh, Steve, and I, uh, I need you to help me with your little brother now. I'm sick. And I'm like, of course, I'm nine years old. I don't know what, what does sick mean? Come to find out later, she had, she had cancer. Um, and she proceeded to teach me how to begin to take care of my little brother while she mm. was going through chemo. So I learned how to make oatmeal and all this kind of stuff. So that was kind of like the entry point into just a difficult life and whatnot. And, you know, when she passed away, my, my parents largely came back into my life. Uh, my brother went, my little brother went to go live with my mom. I went to go live with my dad, immediately going into the construction services because uh, my dad was in the, you know, building houses and stuff like that, kind of like second, third generation. And as we were going through that entire journey, I learned the value of work. Well, the problem was, is neither of my parents had never been taught how to handle money. So, Without that at being part of their life, inevitably what happened was is our life continued to be one very wild roller coaster um, all the way to the point where we ended up uh, losing, uh, obviously, the house, the cars, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, leveraged and debt to the hilt. And all right, so we I have got, we got, th- hang on, I, I love this. This is that, that moment where he's almost down and out. I can feel he's almost homeless, <laughs> broke, no house. When we come back from our sponsors, what happens to Steve? We're going to figure out how he created the journey principle because apparently you figured something out. The leather coat, the nice walls, six businesses. <laughs> all right, you guys are listening to Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness, and today it's a good amalgamation of all of them. And I've got some of my favorite students online as well. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel. 
Influencers lead, but on Twitter, they also follow. Check out what the influencers are saying and talk back to us with your great ideas. Follow the Voice America Influencers channel on Twitter at VA Influencers. That's at VA Influencers and join in. This is the Voice America Influencers channel. Be inspired. listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. When last we left, Steve was living in his car. He was hungry. He was confused. He was desperate. And rather than go get a job at McDonald's, like most people might do, he's like, no, I'm just going to start a company. All right, yeah. help me get my head around. What, is, what, what does that mean? Well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't set out to start a company that day. Uh, it turns out that uh, in my junior year of high school, I was forced to drop out of high school to help my family pay the bills, turn to keep the lights on, get a family car together, stuff like that. As a result, I had a mentor of mine by the guy by the name of Steve Mark, who was my very first mentor. He happened to be my dad's employer would pull me down off the essentially the construction crews and, and tell me about flipping property. And, and uh, in fact, I'll never forget this. One of the most interesting things he ever said to me, I was probably 17 at the time. He said, Stephen, he goes, um, I'm curious. Do you know what separates a rich man from a poor man? And I was like, well, duh, money. I mean, that's easy, right? I'm telling you what, if he could have slapped me in the back of my head, I think he would have because of the look that it gave me. But here's what he said. He said, no, it's the way they think. A rich man invests for a brighter future, and a poor man spends all he has and never looks back. He said, I'm tired of watching your family fall apart because people are making constant bad decisions. And you have a decision to make right now, in front of me right now. You can either learn to live like me, or you can learn to live like your parents. Which is it going to be? Ooh. Ooh, how lucky for you. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the, it was one of the most pivotal moments in my life. And then he's, the very next thing he said to me, I was actually just as strong and just as powerful. And he said, Stephen, you have to be willing to do today what others won't so you can have tomorrow what others don't. You see, I ended up becoming, yeah, I mean, he's, I'm telling you what, he's old school wisdom. He's the kind of guy that you would get around and just oozes wisdom, right? And he just, you know, he opens his mouth and wisdom falls out. And, you know, he poured into me for such a long time. He gave me a chance to start my first company. I, I went from, again, I mentioned my parents weren't really good with money. So he puts me in business for myself. I go from making basically nothing, 12 bucks an hour, to making almost $80,000 a year as a 19-year-old kid. Okay. Wow. What, what does a 19-year-old kid do with $80,000? Just spend it, baby. <laughs> I burned through it. I attracted the wrong people. I, I started dating the wrong people. And before too much long, I'd lost, I'd lost every sense of my identity, every sense of my value, every sense of my purpose and passion. And found myself in such a depressive state that I began to let everything fall apart, including losing that, you know, basically walking, literally walking off that opportunity, walked off the job site that he gave me, um, completely lost, completely alone, completely stuck in place, completely frozen, frustrated, trapped, all of that in the sum. And the next year and a half was a topsy-turvy kind of thing, because obviously if you don't have income coming in, bad things happen. Well, here's what I learned. Um, I became homeless because of my choices. But when I first started that, first when I first started that journey, I thought it was everybody else's fault that my life was a wreck. I, you know, it's, and my parents, you know, if you, if I had your parents, I would be awesome. You know, if I had your job, I would be awesome. If I had that, if I could drive your car, I would be awesome. 
not realizing that my choices, all the things that Steve had told me early, up on, early, early on, bringing those to me, each and every one of those had a lot of more power than I actually gave it like credit for. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, um, through simply not admitting to my own ego pride, I mean, you would think that if you're homeless, you could probably swallow your pride and, and ask for help. Well, I didn't. Um, and it, it took me about three and a half months before I finally had enough sleeping outside and stuff like that to finally go to my father and just ask him if I could sleep, if I could just sleep on his couch, just wow. let me sleep on your couch. And he, he very quickly let me in. I mean, I could have probably solved that homelessness thing months earlier just by asking for help. And I think far too many people stay stuck and frustrated and alone because they don't ask for help, right? They, they don't want to admit that they don't have it all figured out. And here's the thing. Nobody has it all figured out. Right. We're just different at different stages and levels as we're going. Right. So in this particular case, it, it was that it, that was that essence that kind of got me going. And here's where the business comes into play. The very man that I walked off that I personally betrayed because of my broken heart, my weirdness, because of all the stupidity that I had done, told my father through my father to let me come back on his framing crew. So mm-hmm. the, literally next Monday, I go back to work and I'm building houses. And as Steve would drive because he was a home builder. So as Steve would drive around the community. Right. As he would drive around to me, I would go run around the back of the house. Like, don't, you know, cause I was ashamed. I felt guilty. Well, then my father comes to me and he says, Hey, look, I need you to go next door. And I need you to what we refer to as reframe a garage door, which just means I had to make some, some crooked stuff straight. Right. So I walked next door and, it, and, it, and I actually had people that essentially were taking my responsibilities, people that basically took over for me were actually doing the trade that he had hired before, which was exterior siding. So some people know what siding is. is I make the couch look colorful and beautiful on the outside. That, that was it, right? Well, as I'm listening to them, they're talking about how Steve is not treating them well. He's not paying them right and doing all this kind of stuff. Well, I started getting really angry on the inside, like really angry. And I found myself on fire. Like, you know, it's like, how dare they do this guy? You know, because in construction phase, at least then, you had, you know, let's say you had 10000 the house, uh, the project paid $10,000, okay? Well, if you were 50% done, you could draw out $5,000, okay? Well, they were 70% drawn on a house that was 30% done, so Steve had already showed them grace several times over. So I'm going, I'm witnessing all this, I'm getting on fire, and literally, as soon as I finished doing my work, I, wa- I begin walking back to, towards the house what we were working on, and I had this moment where I go, why am I so mad? And then I realized that I did it to him. I'm so mad because I was literally looking at myself all over again, having to face my own stupid decision in that yep. moment. I totally get it. Wow. Uh, and so I would like to introduce you to uh, two of my favorite people. They're going to kind of be my panelists today, which I like doing this format. So, yeah. Ms. Jill, why don't you say hi? Hi, Steve. Thank you I'm for still- sharing. That was an amazing story. Uh, we we are just brothers from another mother. Um, I would really love to hear how you shifted and transitioned from that place mm-hmm. to now creating your journey principles. I'm I'm yeah. doing the same thing. I've got a company called Master Your Impact. So. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that transition because I I really believe that the deeper your pain, Mm -hmm. the deeper your impact. Amen. It sounds like you've really done a lot of Mm self-discovery and and work, and now you're giving it back to the world, which I applaud you. 
Well, thank you. It's been, it's been a very interesting journey. I'm, I'm hoping to make it, I'm hoping to make just such an impact, impact at scale, as I'd like to say. Um, you know, it's funny. I think that anybody that's going to have any level of breakthrough, um, I have the, what I refer to as the four phases of the breakthrough. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But the first thing they've got to do is they got to face their fear. Well, the, the biggest thing that I was scared of in that moment when Steve was coming back around the corner and I heard, overheard all this was facing Steve. But the fire of my passion was greater than the process of my pain. And as a result, I was able to face my fear in the moment. And Steve gave me a second chance. He didn't buy me tools. He didn't buy me equipment. And without going into a long story, what he did do is he gave me an opportunity to prove myself that I could do it. So I began actually building my scaffolding out of the trash piles, essentially, that were on the job site. And, I, and Custom Home Exteriors, my flagship company, was actually born that day. And it all comes down to being willing to face your fears. And I find that too many people that are lost, stuck, and alone, they're there because they don't have hope. So the number one thing you have to do is, uh, is understand that hope is something that is, it's a commodity that can be obtained. So you have to go out and reclaim go. that hope. Well, I got to tell you, you're talking, look at the mistress of hope down there. Her name is Mel. Uh, Mel is the clutter expert because she realized that the clutter in your head and in your house and your world will negatively affect you. Mel, welcome to the party. Thanks for having me, Forbes. It's such an honor to be here with you. Hi, Jill, Stephen. So great to hear your story. I identified so much with you. I myself was homeless, living in a car for a while and, and not willing to ask for help. So I absolutely get it. I'm just curious, you know, you talked about a point in your life where you weren't willing to take responsibility. You were blaming everyone else in your life. And I blame my parents in situations for where I wound up. How did you get to the point where you turned that around? What made you actually start taking responsibility in your life and start making those changes? Yeah, I think the, the very first thing that, had, that got my attention was actually, in this particular instance, I knew I had let someone down that meant a whole lot to me. And I knew that I wasn't being the best version of myself. I wasn't really sure what to do with it. So what I did was I reverted back to the same wisdom that he gave me early on. And in that moment, and you know, obviously it, it doesn't get more um, financially unstable than being homeless, as, as you shares, right? So you, you, there, it, it does something different to your identity. And that question that, that he mentioned, what is the difference between a rich man and a poor man, came back into my memory. And I was like, I'll, I know I don't want to live like this. So now I'm going to model that. And it came down into modeling successful behavior consistently. But as you know, you know, you have to fight through and grind through several levels of limiting beliefs as you're trying to build yourself back up, you know, and I, and I've discovered a long time ago that that is probably one of the biggest decisions we all have to make. We have to understand that we are at the helm of our decisions. So if you can change what goes into your mind, you can change what comes out of your hands. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, that's so very, it's interesting that you've gone from that world to now coaching. That seems to be the big thing is we all, my, my daughter uh, used to come with me to a lot of speeches and she would always say, mommy, how come everybody on stage like lived in their car? And like, because if you're, <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, because we're chronicling yeah. the journey of if I can do it, I think you can too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. So, and it's also, it's also sincere empathy. People like yeah, the authentic I, nowadays, right? They don't, they don't want the, they don't want gurus. They want guides. That's how I look at it. Well, no, that's interesting. Now, how do you think about that? They don't want gurus, they want guides. That's what you're doing with clutter, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I think we, we don't want people up on a pedestal that, that think they know it all. You want someone who's Sorry, real. What, 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 what are you saying when you say that? Who are you talking about? <laughs> not you. You're not on a pedestal. I don't put people on pedestals anymore. You're, you my, you're my guide. You're guiding me. You 
I love that. I think that's just a very, that's a, that's an interesting, you know, I remember when Tony Robbins, you're not my guru came out. I said, mm-hmm. I just want to do this spoof on that, that I am not your guru either. What it's like to be a female speaker, because I like what Tony <laughs> did, but you have no idea between the hair, the makeup, high heels all day long. I have left events in a wheelchair because mm-hmm. my back hurts so much. <laughs> what outfit are we going to wear? Sure. Trust me, I'm not your guru either. And where does that mic go when you're wearing a tight dress? Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't had I haven't had the dress problem yet, but I've I've still had to hide mics in pretty interesting places. Dude, yeah, <laughs> I don't have the dress problem, problem either. You don't have a hair problem. An hour a day to blow dry hair and get it colored. So don't talk about all the. Did you didn't put on your false eyelashes? Maybe you had to trim your beard a little bit. But dude, see these pretty faces. An hour. <laughs> Stephen, I'm with you. I don't have to do the hair, and I don't have to put the eyelashes on or wear the dress. That's all right, good. so she's smarter than the rest of us. Stop bragging. Joe, help me out here. How long did it take you to do your hair, girl? Hours a day, Steve. Hours. Yeah. You have no idea what we have to go through to be a woman. No, but I'm, you know, actually, all kidding aside, Steve, I did. I, multi- I figured that out over the course of a year. And I mm-hmm. do Zoom calls every day. So maybe 300 hours. Mm-hmm. What did you do with those 300 hours? Because I know what I was doing in the mirror going, okay, here's another eyelash. That's where we spend you know, a lot of our time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think step one was I, you know, I really, with my hours in the day, I had to, I had to occupy myself with productive, with productive matters, right? So when I was digging myself out of homelessness, it became about, all right, how do I get stable? How do I get shelter? Okay, I got that. Now, how do I get out of debt? Okay, now how do I apply financial behaviors? Or, or you, actually, give me... you know, I'm going to stop for a second because I actually work with the Homeless Center for Women mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. My, my aunt started this and it was an amazing institution, had 61 rooms where women could come live. And then I also work for Dress for Success because one of the problems, if mm-hmm. you get in that situation, how do you get out? Now, I'm going to say that you're going to speak into the ears of people who are close and right now mm-hmm. to losing their homes because of medical bills and out of work and mm-hmm. kids and all this. What is the strategy you think if you're facing homelessness to not let it happen? Because I imagine once you're there, we can't talk to those people. Maybe they have cell phones. I don't think so. Yeah. But before that happens, what advice would you give people? You know, I, so I use a four-part framework, as I mentioned earlier. I call it the four phases of transformation. Phase one is gain perspective. You need to get as much advice, as much insight as you possibly can from outside of yourself, from key mentors and people who are already where you want to be, as well as go deep inside of yourself first. You guys talked about it earlier, like getting to know yourself. What are your strengths? What are your struggles? What are your blind spots? What are your belief systems? What are the things that are holding you back? How did, how did I get to this point, Right. You have to go into that game perspective mode and be open-minded. The problem with most people is they go into that mode completely judgmental and condemnation with condemnation. They, they judge themselves for their mistakes rather than saying, hey, look, what can I take from this and what can I learn from this? So that's phase one. Phase two is what I, re- what I refer to as recognize and remove roadblocks. You are going to see that there are, there are roadblocks as you begin to gain perspective of the wholeness of your life that need to be recognized, one, and admitted to, acknowledged. Hey, look, I've got to own up to this, right? I mentioned earlier, I was a result. I was homeless because of my own stupid decisions, because of my own pride and my own ego, right? I'm a very convinced that ego and pride get in most people's way when they're trying to dig out, okay? So after that, then you've got to say, okay, well, now I replace that roadblock. What do I replace it with? Well, you got to replace it with something you can leverage for your future, right? The next thing you got to do is you got to organize a plan. So phase three is organize a plan. Right, you've got to spend time. Okay, where do, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? How can I mitigate risk? How can I leverage opportunities? And how can I gain the insight in the middle to create wisdom? And as you're able to do that, you're able to begin to shape a process 
And then you're aware of where you are in the process. You can give yourself credibility for the little wins along the way. And then the final one, if you will, phase four is work your plan. You got to work the plan. You can't build, take all this time and energy and, 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 and lay out this roadmap and do all these different things and not take some action. Right. Now, Jill, if you take how, the, how does, Jill, how does all this resonate with you? Well, I, I resonate with all of your steps, but so they're powerful ways to shift. But mm-hmm. I think the principle that when you talk about starting to recognize those aspects of yourself, what you need to do is you need to build belief mm-hmm. because belief in yourself is what powers all of that transformation. Mm-hmm. So, and you need to get around, you know, when you said go around and get some advice from external people, you need to be very careful with that. You need to find people who are going to believe in you. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm so, working with Forbes has been so amazing for me is because Mm -hmm. she has such powerful belief in Mm -hmm. her students so she can carry them when they don't believe in themselves. And that aspect is really, really important, I think, for shifting. So when people are homeless, they need to believe that that there is a solution, there is Mm -hmm. hope, and that they can overcome this. And Mm -hmm. there is something out there. Life happens for you, not to you. So I, I went through that when my business shut down in March. So mm-hmm. what is that trying to show me? I need to make a bigger impact in the world. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, that was devastating. So I really relate and I understand. But, but finding that internal belief mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself yep. with powerful people that can believe in you more than mm-hmm. you can believe in yourself, I think is the transitional tool. No, I didn't realize that you were homeless as well. We got one minute to uh, to our next break. Uh, we come back. I'd like to. I, I didn't I had no idea about that. So let's talk about that for a second because I think it is a very scary time. So talking about mindset mm-hmm. and belief, and mm-hmm. it, this is a very powerful time to have this conversation. All right. So you guys are listening to the Forbes Factory, focused on health, wealth, and happiness. I'm Forbes Riley, your host. I got some great guests today. I'll be right back after this break. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. 
Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. All right, we're having a phenomenal conversation about mindset, about pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, about facing a crazy world that we're all experiencing and staying positive through that. Uh, I've mm-hmm. got an amazing gentleman named Steve, Sc- Steve Scoggins and two of my beautiful students, Jill and Mel, who we meet. And then we're joined by Dr. Minot. Hey, Dr. Minot, welcome to the party. There so, we go. Number one. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> well, number one, can you all look at her box? What happened? You girl, you just like blossomed. I've known you now for two months through training and you look like 10 years younger and richer. I don't know. It's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> well, Forbes, you were definitely um, a big hand at this. <laughs> Bringing yeah. the, the inside me come and, and daring to be fully present and out. So um, I am really grateful to you, Forbes. Well, I, I am too. I'm great. Like I said, Steve, it's, it's nice that you get to see my students. One of the reasons I do- invited Dr. Minow on is that we're a highly supportive group. Uh, for those mm-hmm. of you listening, you can ask to join Forbes Riley's Inner Circle on Facebook. Uh, we're a private group, a very supportive group, very loving group. But Dr. Minot is launching. She is a physical doctor who in Canada is not allowed to practice her art, what she does, and it mm-hmm. is an art. Um, yeah. So she shifted a little bit based on some coaching. And tomorrow and for the next three days, she's doing a three-day business training. And I invited her on so she could talk about it and tell us what is going on and we can support her. So Dr. M, the floor is all yours. All right. So yes, it's it's quite a shift because as a uh, having been in practice for thirty years as a naturopathic medical doctor, and also being the CEO and founder of Bowen College, where I've already trained two thousand five hundred students. Here's the deal: it's a physical therapy. It requires touch, right? <laughs> So shift. Okay. So I realize that this is the perfect time because every time there's chaos, there's always opportunity. And, and what I realize is that healers, healthcare practitioners, and any, anyone like health enthusiasts, what they really need at this point is to get online, to be visible, and so I'm using that visible word again because, Forbes, <laughs> you have helped me dare at a level that I, I, um, 
I was playing too small for the message I have in this world. And of course, this is exactly what everyone else is doing in my environment. They're playing too small. And people don't understand or practitioners don't understand that it's not just your credentials and credibility or your expertise as you have your PhD. That's not enough that in they're now going to be looking to see what your profile is online. They're going to Google you, God forbid. <laughs> and when you don't show up, it's going to diminish your credibility totally. It's like, well, who is she? Well, somebody said she's good, like awesome, but that doesn't work, right? You actually have to be visible. So the, these three days in, during the um, online business mastery, I'm going to walk through all the steps it takes to become visible, to, to create your offer, the thinking behind that and your funnel and, and establishing your credibility and dealing with all the misconception, mindset issues, the chatter that keeps most of us small, because I know that intimately well. <laughs> so, yes. And I, you know, I have overcome much of it because I've learned to focus on the end result. And, and there's a story I just, I really want to share is I had a patient and this just happened, of course, there's no coincidence in life. I know that, but I got a, an email and, and it reminded me that 20, yeah, 15, 20 years ago, when he came to see me, he said, I wish I knew about the work you do because it would have changed my life. And it, it did change his life from that point. But for 20 years, he had to give up all of his passion, all of the things that really moved him in life because he was in so much pain. And when I decided to close my practice and open up my school and focus on training others, I did it in part for him, because I wanted more people to be out there doing this work. And so when I had another opportunity to make another shift in helping people actually get their message out, it's because I have one message. But as a collective, when all healers get together and share their messages, then we're actually able to change the world because there's no way on earth we don't need healing at this stage. We are a broken world. We are a suffering world. We are a confused world. And people are waking up because there's so much incongruency. There's so much mixed information. But most of us live in fear. You know, whether it's fear of the virus, fear of whatever, you know, <laughs> being, being disallowed to speak, uh, fear of censorship, fear of everything. <laughs> we're, we're in that state. And I, I realize that that is making all the people who are already in horrible circumstances right now, like when you're living in an abusive relationship or when you're already on the edge of anxiety or depression, all those numbers are going through the roof everywhere. And we don't have a society that looks at this, where, where our health acts look at just 
the public health, which isn't anything about healing either, right? So that's um, that's the, the problem. Also, right? And what's one of the real big suggestions, because big takeaways, we're almost coming to the end of my hour. Yeah. A big suggestion that we can do, we don't have necessarily access to you, but personal healing, because I'm getting a sense of massive depression and anxiety all around me. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, what do you suggest we do? Okay. Well, one of the, the things that I feel is to understand the triggers of our stress. Really understanding what stress is and the impact it has on our body. And fear is a stressor, by the way. Fear directly impacts our immune system. So what I'm, I'm going to be doing, and I'm actually doing this during my three-day live event, is I'm going to be launching my, my new book, A Healer in Every Household. And why I believe that it's time to shift the paradigm. It's time to realize that we are beautiful, amazing, complete creatures on this earth. And if we can ignite our own healing process, which I explain how to and all that, then, then we can change the world because it starts, it ends and it begins with us. Whereas we're educated to think it all comes from the outside. Well, but you know, if you said, you said something and I'm, my whole paradigm is shifting and I've got two teenagers right now, and here's my concern. Uh, I think it really got bad when they started taking away people's weddings and funerals. All of a sudden, you couldn't get married and you couldn't pay respect to someone. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second, that's all the shit that we look forward to, because there is nothing else. Um, my kids were told that you look forward to senior year and your prom and graduation. We make a big deal about that. You look forward to college. You look forward to meeting somebody. You look forward to having a baby. You look forward... You look forward to retiring. I've shifted some of those paradigms where I, in my head, don't ever want to retire. If you love what you do, you don't do that. But what is the point of all of this as now we're not allowed to do a lot of, you can't hug people. I'm sorry. I don't know what we, if we don't have something to look forward to, that's where I literally, I don't know if my kids are going to college. And if you don't do that, everything is cracking open to a point like, I don't know how we're supposed to think. What do we do with our day? It's kind of why it's become Groundhog Day. How much money do you need? Because if you've got enough money, stop working and go live on the beach. So my question to each one of you is, where is your paradigm head right now? What is it that you're looking forward to in this new crazy world? Stephen, why don't you start? Yeah, I think for me, uh, one, I want to teach people, as, as, uh, as everybody's been talking about, is not to fear. Um, that's a big one for me. And my, my core focus of my rest of my life is going to create a, be able to create a legacy that outlives me. So I want to put as much wisdom, understanding, teaching, uh, instruments of success, no matter what that is, education, hope, um, all of that in as many people as I possibly can before I vacate this earth. Um, simultaneously, my goal, my ultimate goal was to feed 5 million people in the process because I know what it's like to go without food for days on end and have a grumbling stomach and not have anybody else to be able to help you answer those questions. So that's, I think that's what's next for me. All right. So I think it's about setting a milestone, setting a plan that you mm -hmm. want to achieve, because it's all very artificial. If you don't work for somebody, you have to create your own milestones. Otherwise, oh, yeah. what are you doing? Otherwise, every Absolutely. day starts to look like every other day. Jill, what's yours? Well, as you know, Forbes, the thing I'm most passionate about is human connection. So I think there's a massive opportunity right now 
to understand that we are not in this alone. And through Zoom, we are able to connect with so many more people around the world and really make an impact and share and grow together and understand that, that we are here together as one to support each other. You know, it's funny. I just had a vision that you said, because I think before COVID happened, we were all doing our own thing. We were all very separated. I can remember that feeling of just go, 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 doing, doing, doing. And all of a sudden, I have a feeling like we all got, we're in a plane crash. We all just got dumped in the water. And it doesn't matter what our Facebook account is or how big or how, we all just want to survive and help each other to live is, I think, one of the biggest takeaways I'm actually feeling from this call. Mm-hmm. Mel, what's yours? I think one of my biggest things that I really want people to understand is because we get so caught up in what the media is trying to tell us and we get, we get bombarded by all the fears. They just want you to be operating from fear that my biggest message I want people to get is that you're absolutely responsible for your own immune system. You can stick 10 of us that have never been exposed to the coronavirus that have no immunity to it in the same room, but not all of us will get the virus. And why is that? Because it has to do with your inside. So if you have a healthy immune system, and your inside is good, you don't have to fear the virus. Because also, viruses feed on low-frequency vibrations, low energy. And so if you operate from a place of low frequency, then you are able to get the virus. But when you operate from a place of love and high vibration, and you take care of your immune system, you don't have to fear. And when you have a connection to a power greater than yourself, whether you call it God, universe, spirit, and you're connected to that, You don't have to fear because all fear when you walk it out is the fear of the unknown and the fear of death. And so if you have no fear of death and the unknown, you have no fear anymore. So I want people to just take responsibility for their own immune system, stop making the rest of the world take responsibility for the people that are compromised and learn how to connect to spirit and source and not live in fear at all. Ooh, drop the mic. I loved how you said that. That's my desk. I'm literally, I'm just going to keep posting that. That was brilliant. Dr. M. Well, I'm sorry. I love what you said, Mel. And and I think aligned with that is to to take a moment, not about just do, do, do. It's not the business plan. It's not the, the planning in the old paradigm. We are in a shifting paradigm. We are making a new place on this world, a new awakening, literally. And we can't use the same mindset that created the problem in the first place. So this is time to be introspective also and connected. Like Jill says, we need to be in connection with others. But it's, it's time to ask ourselves some deep questions and, and really notice that our body is, is, is the healer and we're not at war with the world and we're not at war with anything. It's connect to what is loving to you because if you're in love with you, then the world around you changes as well. And I think many people are becoming super conscious of this and we need our creative brain so we can't be in fear. So I, it's, it's time to look at it slightly differently. Well, that's what today's show did, guys. We've got 30 seconds to close. I want to thank each and every one of you for being part of this. You can find this on Facebook, reaches out to 1.8 million of my friends and fans and followers. Uh, what a delicious message. If you go back to my monologue and you come to the end of this show, this was like a perfect show. The arc, the energy, the smiles. Stephen, thank you very much for joining our family, Dr. M, Jill, and Mel. Guys, if you want to come to Dr. M's event, email me right now. There's a few tickets left. Actually, it's free to come to it. You just got to get a ticket before she sells out. Simply go to Forbes Riley at Gmail. Let me know who you are. I will get you a ticket. And I am excited for our future with 
beautiful souls like we touched today. Spread this message. This was a very, very good show. You can hit the share button right on Facebook, and I would send this out because those last couple of moments are what we need to focus on, loving each other, loving ourselves. And you guys know how much I love you. I'll see you again next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon. 